Well, welcome to Change for Good. It is Thursday, June 11th. It's 11 o'clock here in Toronto. And as we wait for the participants to everyone here to join in, I just wanted to welcome everyone again to uh, to Change for Good, which we uh, created as a place really of community and inspiration for social change leaders and social change makers around the world. And we've had the great pleasure of doing this uh, these incredible conversations for the last, I think, 11 weeks, and uh, they'll continue after this. Uh, so um, I was thinking before um, this conversation about a, a conversation I had uh, with my friend uh, Patch earlier this week, and Patch is the founder and CEO of Good Life Fitness, an amazing organization all across Canada. And he said to me, that the role of entrepreneurs is to find solutions to social problems. And I thought, I was thinking about that this morning, I thought what he said could not be more relevant to my conversation with Craig Ryan here today. And, and Craig is the, uh, the Director of Purpose Entrepreneurship at the Business Development Bank of Canada, BDC, you'll hear more about that. He leads the BDC team to create a national movement of um, B corporations, and I would I would actually say that Craig knows more than anyone I can think of about the role of entrepreneurs in social change. So welcome, Craig. It's so great to see you again. Good morning, Paul. It's great to be here. <laughs> great. Well, well, we um, you know, as I said, we you know we created this community, uh, and the community is inspired by what people like you are doing and thinking differently. Uh, and so we just really appreciate you being here. And, and um, I also wanted to say to everyone joining us today that um, Craig and I will be having this conversation, but it's not just our conversation. We really encourage everyone to think about any questions that you have for Craig. I know he'd be eager to, to, to answer any of them and we'll get to as many of them as we can. Uh, and, um, and Craig, you and I have known each other for quite a long time, actually, uh, and uh, have collaborated together. Uh, here we are sitting in our homes, <laughs> and uh, I'd just love to hear, you know, what is life like for you today, and how, how have things changed? <laughs> how have things changed? Um, well, well, after 10 years of commuting from the edge of the island of Montreal downtown, I now get to wave hello at my mailman every day because my <laughs> workstation is a table in the living room window, as you can see. Um, yeah. Like lots of people, I get more time to, to read and listen to music. Um, and like, I think like lots and lots of people, the forced quarantine um, and the circumstances uh, have me thinking a lot more about the distinctions between what's important and what's frivolous and what we should change. But in general, and, uh, as well. That's good. And uh, yeah, I think that it's, it is a time when people seem to be reconsidering the kind of meaning in their lives and who they're working with and what they're doing and so on. Uh, um, and um, but you've had, you know, the experience of working. Um, you've got a very, I would say, a very special and unusual role for a very unusual kind of financial institution, the Business Development Bank. Canada. That's right. Yeah. Mine is an unusual role inside yeah. a, an unusual bank. And, yeah. and BDC, my, uh, my workplace, is unusual in that it um, only does one thing. It only provides financing and advice to Canadian entrepreneurs. So, Paul, if you wanted to open an account at BDC, you can't do it. If 
you have uh, a one percenter client in Dubai, we can't help them out. We only support entrepreneurs who are Canadian flesh and blood uh, in virtually every sector and certainly every part of the country. And, and, and the COVID crisis has um, meant a lot to us. It, it meant basically all hands on deck. When the, as I say, the, what I call the, the economic coma that followed the crisis or came in on the heels of the crisis, first thing we did was send out about 40,000 letters to clients across the country saying, if you need a, a, a vacation from your post uh, or postponement of your payments, please take it, tell us. And then it's all hands on deck to process loan applications at a scale that we have never seen in our 75 year history. So we are doing 10 times as much business, uh, meaning processing 10 times as many loans as we normally do and uh, lending out billions of dollars. So our purpose has never been more clear. And I think our purpose has never been more needed. Mm -hmm. And in your role you know, as director of purpose mm -hmm. entrepreneurship, can, uh, we'd love to hear what is the, in, you know, what, how should we think about purpose entrepreneurship or the impact of purpose entrepreneurs compared to just entrepreneurs in general? In general. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a, we have a wide variety of clients and um, purpose entrepreneurs uh, are best understood as people who uh, have not been saddled with an economics degree, have never heard of Milton Friedman, and who would reject as preposterous the idea that a company's sole purpose is money. So they are people for whom they, who, who take great pride in having their successful company help make Toronto or Ramuski or Lethbridge or Vancouver or wherever a better place to live. They take pride in the livelihoods they create. They take pride in the, the ecosystem of supply chain uh, or suppliers. Uh, they take pride in the relationships with the community around them. Uh, they're also uh, environmentally sustainable, but that's the key to understanding them. They reject as preposterous the usual narrow definition of the purpose of a company. And they gravitate toward the B Corp certification because when they learn about it, they see that they have a tribe of like-minded peers. And they discover a really useful how-to guide um, to learn how to manage themselves better and have that broader positive impact that they seek to create. Now, just I'm, in case anyone here, I'm sure everyone knows, but you know, Craig's reference to Milton Friedman is the specific of what he said you know, in 1974, I think, is basically the business of business is business. That's right, and, money um, only. And, um, and you're talking about something very different. So the other thing I, I just was thinking about um, is that, you know, in the context of what's happening today, of course, lots of businesses are, are affected very badly. Um, and small businesses, I think, you've got the, you know, the storefronts of the world, restaurants, and food service, and all kinds of other services mm -hmm. who have been particularly badly impacted. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, so what are you seeing? Um, you know, so we've got, it feels to me like on the one hand, you've got these purpose entrepreneurs who are in business to make a difference. I'll say that. Um, and we, we need a difference more than ever today. And those people That's right. must be having a hard time getting, um, you know, getting, uh, getting by. They are like, um, before I proceed to my answer, I should uh, point out, Paul, I can't see you anymore, and I hope um, I'm just the only one, but again, yeah, there you are. Oh, oh okay, sorry. We all, we all want to see you. <laughs> I don't know about that. 
the they're experiencing the crisis just like everybody else. You know, the the revenue plummets because the clients are all home. Um, they're not able to keep all of their staff. Um, but what we see in the the B Corp world and in those in uh, in their behavior is because they've built a local strength, meaning loyal, hardworking employee team, uh, robust regional or local supply chains. What we're finding is that um, many of them are finding approaches and surviving in ways that a conventional reliance on something like an international supply chain makes harder. And that's one of the things that the crisis has brought to light. Uh, suddenly, international supply chains, which we did without thinking at our keyboard right. or created without thinking at our keyboard, they can crack overnight. And what do you do? Um, so because B Corp companies are like all other companies in that they are all sizes, all sectors, um, mm -hmm. they are, uh, what's the word? They're suffering through this just like everybody else. But what I see is behaviors that correspond to what we saw in the last big crisis, which was the recession that followed the 2007 and 8 financial sector implosion. And there I saw some interesting stats recently from Forbes that found that B Corps were 63% um, of firms survived that implosion, whereas the overall usual rate was about 50. So some, a conventional minded observer would say, if they're preoccupied giving back to the community, the bottom line is suffering, they're more likely to go up or go belly mm -hmm. up. Actually, mm -hmm. the opposite is true. Because they're mm -hmm. local, because they're building those relationships, they have a resilience that sees them, sees them through these tougher times with a mm -hmm. higher survival rate than conventionally conceived and managed businesses. So, uh, Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, we don't have any data just yet, but uh, lots mm -hmm. of observations that lead me to believe we will see the same thing in this crisis. Um, I've got a question here from Grant, who's uh, written in. I'll just share this with you, Craig. Um, is, is the BDC making a conscious effort to give preferential treatment to B Corp companies or encouraging non-B Corps to be more sustainable? Our purpose is to support entrepreneurship in Canada, which means all entrepreneurs. Uh, our purpose is not to change Canadian entrepreneurs' behavior. So what we do is provide support for that sector and we provide a kind of support that really only a national bank can, which is we mm. promote the tool that attracts them like a magnet. We hold across Canada virtually every week workshops where we introduce or walk, walk entrepreneurs to and through the, uh, the first steps of certifying themselves. And we help make happen meetings and, and community building of the, places in Canada where the B Corp community has a certain critical mass, uh, Vancouver, mm. Toronto, and Montreal, notably. So uh, Grant's question is an interesting one. Um, uh, the classic marketing reflex is to say, oh, if it's a different kind of cohort and we can attract them, uh, lure them in with a lower interest rate. <laughs> mm. um, most B Corpers would say, happy to accept it, but do not imply my company needs it. I am as strong as anyone else. Uh, mm -hmm. And historically, we BDC declined to do that simply because we thought that the most powerful contribution that we could make is by being, having the data and the proof to stand up and say publicly, these companies, this global experiment in company purpose produces companies that are as profitable and as robust as conventional companies. And to boot, it looks like they're more resilient as well. So that's what we um, do. 
Thank you. Um, we've got a few other questions here um, from people watching, but I also we've been kind of talking at a high level. I don't know. If, are there any specific examples that you could share, like some amazing action that a B Corp has taken in the last little while, or someone who could who could really like a kind of best practice that you could think of? Oh, um, share. Well, uh, a key thing to understand about the B Corp world is that they are, at first glance, from a distance, completely conventional looking. Mm. Like it's construction companies, it's sales companies, it's retail, it's all sorts of things. This is not the gang that wants to develop an app to reduce world hunger. Okay, this is the gang that takes pride in livelihoods that it creates and in practices. And in their midst, you'll find hyper ambitious people who want to do more. Uh, one of my favorites is um, uh, a fellow from Quebec City. His name is Louis Roy. Uh, his company is called Optel Group, and they are a tech Optel. traceability. Yeah, yeah. Optel. Uh, okay. O P T E L, and they're okay. a tech traceability firm. Uh, so they help uh, industries like the pharma industry uh, prove that what's on the shelf is theirs, that kind of thing. And Louis is guided by the desire to disrupt international supply chains, which he sees as vectors of environmental and social damage. That's what mm -hmm. motivates him. When the United Nations General Assembly holds its meetings on the SDGs, Louis goes to New York City. <laughs> um, I think he's a, he's a cutting edge example of when someone from the B Corp world takes the ambition and creativity to a higher level. But 99% of the movement are the place, are the the businesses that every place in Canada needs more of. So if this is, you know, I, I guess just de it demonstrates the, so the sort of inherent social value of business, really, you know, that there's yeah. contributions in all kinds of ways, you know, employment and all, well, uh, everything that that means. Yeah. Yeah. And everything that that means, which we can lose sight of, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. which I think remains like first things first. <laughs> Don't For do any sure. damage. First things first, help make Canada a better place to live. Um, I've got another question here that, um, that I wanted to share with you, Craig, from Sherry, who's, who her question is, um, what do we know about consumer demand for B Corp products and services versus other types of businesses? So are, are consumers, you know, leaning to B Corps more than others? That's or a good question. The buy local movement is, um, has always, well, for many years, been at play. The COVID crisis has triggered a, or triggered an instant stratospheric rise in that as an issue. Suddenly, it's clear to everybody. Suddenly, the public and consumers realize the importance and the plight of local businesses. So we've seen that um, boom. In recent weeks, uh, here in Quebec, for example, the provincial government created a, a platform called uh, Le Panier Bleu, uh, the mm -hmm. blue uh, shopping cart. For uh, we've lost her again, Paul. Um, <laughs> That's my own fault, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this platform called Le Panier Bleu attracted a whopping two million people within the first weeks of its opening. Hmm. And the challenge for B Corps right now is that too few members of the buying public know what a B Corp is. Too few members of the, of the buying public know that a B Corp is exactly what they're looking for when they think buy local. Because mm -hmm. what, what they're looking to do, that consumer is acting on values. They want the impact of the dollar that they spend to have positive impact elsewhere, not in the abstract. It's, it'll be Marge's store up the street or Joe's farm, you know? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So 
I don't have recent stats on the percentage of consumers that know what B Corps are, but that's uh, one of the challenges for the movement. They are the champions of local. They are the local mm -hmm. magnets. Uh, but uh, we need to make sure that more consumers know that. Uh, thank you. We have another question um, from Deborah, um, which is, is BDCs, I have a relationship with First Nations initiatives mm -hmm. here and small businesses, I guess, in the First Nations communities. Can you tell us a little bit about, about what you're doing there? Yeah, we have um, uh, longer than our support for the B Corp community or longer, um, longer created is uh, mm -hmm. an indigenous banking unit. So we have a team of people um, uh, who are sprinkled across Canada and their role, their job is to meet, understand and support um, entrepreneurs in that community. Hmm. You know, so that's, uh, that's a, at BDC, that's, uh, how shall I say it? It's, uh, it's a long-standing effort and priority. And a question because I'm, of course, impact is a B Corp as well. So um, mm -hmm. one of the things that I think that, um, if you have thoughts on this, so you're in touch with the people in this movement um, all over Canada, and I'm sure you get all kinds of questions from people. Um, I think B Corps are, you know, as small businesses inherently sort of agile, but in, in terms of what are your thoughts in terms of like any advice or, or, or things that you, you share with people in the B Corp movement in the context of COVID today, what are you telling people to do or to do differently? Um, uh, yeah, it, first things first, uh, if you don't have an online presence, get it. The local consumers, if they can't reach you online, get it. And, and a shocking percentage of Canadian SMEs do not have an online presence. So first things first. Um, I am encouraging them to look at the community and local section of the impact, the B Corp impact assessment, because that's where they'll get the, the uh, polished, creative, ambitious ideas about how to create that local strength through supply chain and employees. And, and at a higher level, I'm encouraging them to seize the day. <laughs> like mm -hmm. this, this is the moment where society around us um, is changing. Meaning we see suddenly everybody realizes that local is important and hey, you're the global experiment in powerful local forces for good. We see marginal ideas entering conventional thinking, the longer the pandemic goes on. And so my, my advice to them is, okay, first things first, if you don't have an online presence, you're gonna, you, you may well die like other businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, two, uh, take up the trumpets and make sure everybody knows that you're the best example of local that they should think about. Mm -hmm. um, be creative. We see a lot of um, B Corps because they tend to be collaborators rather than competitors, even with their competitors are forging new relationships that are enabling them to get through the crisis. Fairware in Vancouver is a terrific example of that. They, they have attracted partnerships and um, supply chain relationships based on the fact that they're purpose entrepreneurs in a certified B Corp. Hmm. Hmm. Actually, that's a great segue to a question here that I see that we've uh, got from uh, Lynn, um, who um, says that, you know, they're, part of a, a cohort, they want to help people keep and grow their businesses and keep people employed and have the sales uh, uh, opportunities or operations skills to contribute. Um, 
she says, obvious solutions to both the needs of B Corps and people who want to contribute. Her, the question is, kind of related to what you were just saying, how can we find each other? Like, how can business, purpose businesses find each other better? Is there a platform? Is there some connectivity that you know about that you can share? Yeah, yeah. In Canada, we've um, supported the development of what are called B Locals. Be uh, local. Be lo okay. Yeah, the letter B, okay. not B E. Local, yep. and there's a B Local Ontario. So the B Corp entrepreneurs um, in that region, as they've done in Montreal and Vancouver as well, um, have organized themselves into a, a community of people that meet when they can. Nowadays, that's hard. Uh, who do business with each other and who are yeah, it's it's their tribe. Um, and now in the age of virtual, like you, you could attend the B Local Vancouver if you're living in Winnipeg or Regina. So that's Great. the first thing I would do. Google that or come through our website or give me a call actually. Google me and contact me and I'll, I'll introduce you. And we can share after, you know, we've sent a follow-up email to everybody who's, on the, who's, on, who's participating in this and actually to the entire uh, Change for Good community and we'll provide some of that detail for people um, sure. and make it easy for you to connect. Uh, another question from Eva who uh, asks, <clears throat> Um, what are the challenges of institutionalizing the B Corp move, movement? It's making it a legal requirement. I guess her question is, could or should, you, you see a, a time when everyone is going to be a B Corp? Mm, I would like that. Um, there are days I feel it's coming. But right now, let, we have to be clear-eyed. Uh, it's not a mass movement. It's a global experiment that's working. It's a global experiment that is succeeding now in 70 countries. Um, remember as well that for every certified B Corp, uh, there are at least 35, 40 companies that use the impact assessment as a business planning tool. So the ranks of the B Corp-ish, that's an official mm -hmm. term at BDC now, mm -hmm. the ranks of the B Corp-ish <laughs> are 40 times as big as the certifieds. So for every Paul, there are 40 mm -hmm. B Corpers. Um, it's interesting, Parliament last year removed an obstruction. Um, and I say this on the day that I believe this week we saw enter into force in British Columbia, the benefit corporation legislation. Um, last year, little noticed, uh, a tectonic plate moved. Uh, Canada's Parliament uh, amended the Canadian Business Corporations Act, which most of us incorporate under. And it amended it to make it explicit that um, shareholder, the shareholder is not king. <laughs> That if you manage your company and you make decisions that um, are seen to benefit the environment or the community and, you know, your shareholders sue you for that, well, they ain't got a case. So mm -hmm. Canada made it explicit. And when we talk about institutional support, um, institutional support has to take the form of getting out of the way sometimes and then other times active support. Mm -hmm. What we BDC are doing is active. Thousands mm -hmm. of people at events every year almost a thousand people at workshops last year. Mm -hmm. And the other part is getting out of the way. So um, yeah, I, that's, that's mm -hmm. our part of the institutional support for this. And I, I don't know if you mentioned this, I forgot, but um, if, if you didn't, uh, I think it's important to say that BDC itself is a B Corp. We are indeed. Well, I, don't, I don't think a lot of people know that. And, we would have um, no cred in that movement if we didn't do it ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> As are, you know, there are a growing number of large corporations, Danone Yogurt, I think maybe it's one of the largest B Corps, if not the largest B Corps mm -hmm. in the world. Um, it is something that just occurred to me, I never thought of until this speaking with you today, 
is, um, you know, you mentioned that B Corps obviously have a very rigorous kind of assessment and, you know, you've got to go through this uh, quite a process to become a B Corp. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are in terms of how that might change as a result of or after COVID. As an example, you've got clearly there's all kinds of other employee um, priorities that didn't exist before. Flexibility yeah. of working at home, the health of employees, you know, insurance, a whole lot of things. Have, have you, have, I don't know if that's come up in your conversations or thinking so far. Like, what? Oh, what is, oh, how is B Corp going to change? <laughs> it has, it has. Um, and you know, B Corp is a big world community of lots of people. So there's lots of internal debate. And for example, one of the water cooler debates in the in the B Corp world is, given the gravity of the climate crisis, should we not impose a floor um, score that everybody has to get in the environment section of the of the assessment? Because right now you get points what you do, you don't get points of what you're not doing, but people say, let's be tougher in that section. That's a debate. What I've seen COVID trigger is, uh, of course, those issues, you know, are our, are those um, evaluation standards related to how uh, we treat our employees uh, right, still right and high enough. What I see a lot more of, though, is the bigger questions, Paul, of the societal fault lines that the pandemic has laid bare. Uh, we see um, more clearly what happens in different communities. We see inequity taking almost, um, how shall I say it? Um, we see the justice, we see the inequity, and we see, we see excluded parts of a population more clearly in stats on the pandemic spread. And so in the B Corp movement, what we have is um, people saying, it's not enough for us to manage our companies this way. We as a group of business leaders have to be more ambitious. And when we build back better, we have to be conscious of things, not just a, you know, a desire to be better and then a useful guide. We have to look at things in ways that we haven't thus far, such as systemic inequality, systemic racism, unconscious biases. So the, the leaders in the B Corp community um, are there. And I think that's exactly where they should be. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I, I think that's super interesting. Uh, the, um, there's another question. Again, this is one of the challenges of, this, of these change for good conversations. We've got a lot of questions, not <laughs> much time. You and I could be talking for days about this. We could. Uh, but there, yeah. Um, the, um, there's another question here, which I think is an, a really important question um, related to the types of industries that are or could be B Corps. And this is connecting some of those dots between doing good, climate change, the degree to which corporations are doing or seem to be doing responsible, irresponsible things. And the question is, can you see a mining or an oil company becoming a B Corp, you know, by leading sustainability initiatives, supporting communities, so I guess, the, like, how much can a company like that change? Could, is, that, is, that, is that in our lifetime? Do you see that? Is that possible? <laughs> well, remember that while if, you're, if the points you gather in the B Corp assessment are limited to the money that you give communities for those purposes, mm -hmm. you won't get many points. <laughs> you won't get many points at all. Um, and so you'll probably fail the assessment. Uh, the second thing you would have to do is remember 
you, after you obtain your pass mark in the evaluation, you have to open up your active incorporation, Paul, and you have to add the explicit legal notion that the purpose of your company is bigger than money. The purpose of your company is the creation of a broader value for society and that your company listens to stakeholders and doesn't all and doesn't deify the shareholder. Um, if a mining company is able to do those things, then it could, in theory, uh, certify as B Corp. Okay, thank you. Um, you know, I think we think about this all the time, you know, in yeah. conversations with large companies, and um, we will get get there. So the, the, uh, we're almost out of time, uh, sadly. However, um, the couple things that I've just been thinking about listening to you, um, you are at the center, arguably, of the B, building the B Corp movement um, and have been immersed in this for a number of years. One of the things that you think about is like, if only we could either as BDC or the movement itself, like what you, you're thinking about, like, what are the opportunities to take this, to, to use Stephen Hutter's phrase and building back better, yeah. how can we actually, what are those things you think, okay, if we could only do X, Y, and Z, it yeah. would be incredible. Yeah, and actually, I heard your interview with Stephen and I have been shamelessly <laughs> parroting his term build back better since that interview and you know what the fact that you never have to explain what you mean says yeah. something about the changing zeitgeist of our times mm. the first thing i would do related to the question we got early in the show was if i could click my fingers and have every consumer in canada know what a b corp is okay mm. and that's not our forte we do more of that but that's that's not what bbdc are good at mm. um i would also like to um, raise awareness amongst the entrepreneurial community of this thing because entrepreneurs are not used to being treated as human beings by traditional media, by MBA programs or banks. They're used to being regarded as a narrow money-making creature. And when you speak to them in terms that show like you get them as a person and the whole thing that they're trying to create, well, they respond like delighted <laughs> children when they, because <laughs> it rarely happens. And mm. so um, the second part, the second thing, if I could click my fingers and make something happen, would be um, make every entrepreneur in Canada aware that they have a tribe. And then we would see that the total tribe is way bigger than it is. And this tool over here called B Corp is freaking useful and you should try it out. Amazing, thank you. <laughs> Craig, we've run out of time, but you know, Again, I, I love speaking with you. It's always such a pleasure. I always learn something from you. I know that everyone here listening today will really appreciate it, what, what you've had to say and, and inspire everybody to be a B Corp. That's the one thing if everyone here is here, sign up, do the assessment and act now. Uh, there's no better time to be a B Corp, really. That's right. Uh, so thank, thank you, Craig, and thanks to your team at BDC for the incredible work you're doing. Thanks to our team at Impact for the incredible work they do. Um, everyone here listening today, in fact, I think everyone in our whole B, in our whole, B Corp, in our whole uh, Change for Good um, uh, world will receive a link to recording of our conversation uh, and hope that that's useful to everybody. Um, next week, which is June 18th, a week from today, um, really looking forward to speaking with a remarkable woman who's the president and CEO of Parachute Canada. Her name is Pamela Fusilli. Parachute Canada is, uh, is an organization that is leading injury prevention and um, 
health promotion. She's an expert in this area, what the work they do and her knowledge over years and years of this work is so important today. I think it's gonna be an incredible conversation. So please tune in for that. And um, it's just such a pleasure to have these conversations with people like you every week. So um, It's thanks. been fun, Paul. And yeah. what I look forward to, I'd love to pay you back with a proper coffee or a proper beer in a crowded, rambunctious Toronto cafe or bar. Someday we'll do that. I, I'm there. <laughs> as soon okay. as you can make that happen. We'll have a big party for everybody here. The whole world. Good idea. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.